Hello everybody and welcome to Scott's Driving and Nick's Sitting Next to Me. Brand new show here on the Frog Pants Network. Not really. How you doing, buddy? I'm good. So Nick and I are on the way to a big family thing uh, Sunday morning at about, what time is it? 8.22 a.m. Mountain time zone. It's a beautiful day. Look at the mountains over there. Um, anyway, we were just talking about moving the Xbox 360 upstairs. In other words, out of my like office slash game room that I have, right? Yeah. And you want to move it, why? So I can play it more. Okay, that makes sense to me. Here's the problem. I have a lot less... 360 games now than I have in the past. I've either traded most of them in or for whatever reason just have less of them. What game that we still have do you even care to play on there? Um, the Simpsons game? The Simpsons game. Little known Simpsons well, I don't know about little known but it's probably underappreciated. That was a pretty good game at the time. It's that open worldy one that's kind of like uh Oh, no, 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 not the car one. What was the car one that we used to play? Do you remember that? It was like Grand Theft Auto except in Simpsons World. Do you remember that game? I don't remember that. Well, the one we're talking about that you want to play now is... Oh, what's it called? The Simpsons Big Donut or something. I think it's just called The Simpsons Game. I should probably look at the road while I'm driving. Um, I just realized I was drifting into a weird lane there. So here's the question for the entire generation of uh, when this generation of consoles began. It was 2005. You were five years old when the 360 was purchased in our home, and here we all all this time later. I would like to know, since you kind of grew up on that console and this generation period in a very real way. I mean, you really start playing games till about then. You know about five do you have a favorite game during that entire time the games that I mostly played during that whole time were yeah. what were your favorite though like even not just time spent but like the ones you love the most probably Halo games a Halo series yeah. did you have a, it was like Halo 3 Halo Reach Halo ODST or Halo 4 oh, we haven't played 4 Halo Halo 3 was okay and then Halo Reach was really good ODST was better than 3, but... Not as good. Yeah. So you'd go Reach, 3... No, you go Reach, ODST, and then 3. Yeah. And you haven't played 4, so we don't know what 4 was like. Yeah, no idea. I had glowy lizard people, I think. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, you want to know my favorite Xbox, specifically Xbox 360 game for the whole generation? What? Uh... I think it's Geometry uh, Geometry Wars 1 and 2. I know that sounds crazy. Yeah, those were really fun. Yeah, still are. Like, Geometry Wars 2 is one of the best games ever made. <laughs> and it seems stupid because it's just, you know, it's just a dual stick arcade shooter thing. But I don't know what it is about it, but I love that game. Um, as far as, like, first party exclusives, I'd probably say... 
maybe the Gears of War series. Um, I'm not really a Halo guy. I like Halo more than I like Halo. Does that make sense? Like, I like the idea of Halo. Like, the world and the, the universe and the Master Chief and the whatnot. Better than the game. The way it, I just never liked the way it played. I don't like floaty floaty shooters where I can jump too high. That's a t- subject for a whole different show. But, uh... Uh, from my PS3 uh, there are so many games I loved on the PS3 this year I love the Uncharted series Last of Us is insane Journey was incredible um, I love the Pixel Junk uh, downloadable games those were amazing remember Shooter 1 and 2 yeah um, I really liked and we're talking exclusives here right like not multi-platform there's plenty of those that are good like I love Red Dead Redemption might be one of my favorite games of the last decade, but... It's a great game. Yeah, but you get that anywhere. Well, you get it on the consoles anyway. Yeah. Not Nintendo consoles and not PC, which sucks, because I would love to play it on the PC. Um, but yeah, probably probably uh, Uncharted, Last of Us, and Journey are the ones that really stand... Oh, I, you know what else was good is that Infamous. Those Infamous games were good. Yeah, Infamous is really good. Do you play one and two or just the one? I played both. Wow. It's a heck of a good time, folks, if you're looking for something fun to do. Might I recommend Infamous, one and two. That rhymed. Hey, folks, if you're looking for something to do, try Infamous one and two. Alright, well, that's it for now. More later, maybe. Nick, thanks for hanging out with me. Yeah. Goodbye, everyone. Have a nice day. Hey guys, Scott here uh, again. I'm in the office now. Uh, it's, and that's a day later from when I was talking to Nick there in the car. Always fun just to have what, you know, on the surface may appear like dumb little conversations with your kids, but I think those add up. And, um, you know, it's weird. You almost have to be around, you almost have to be around some, some rotten children to fully appreciate your kids sometimes and how they're not that oh crap hang on i gotta shut this door don't go anywhere coming back all right i'm not okay i'm good now anyway i don't know what i was saying but that's not why i'm still talking to you i had some other things to tell you about and that's this thing i've been going through lately which is frustrating me as a father because um you know we talk when wendy's on the morning stream we do therapy thursday and we talk about this whole helicopter parenting or parents who are are unable to let their kids fail and all those kinds of things. We really don't have that problem around here. We're we're happy to to have them make mistakes and learn from those mistakes. Not really a big, a big issue with Kim and I, but uh, it doesn't make it any harder to watch. So here's case in point. Um, My daughter who will be attending uh, school next semester and is moving out of the house into a really awesome apartment downtown, kind of near the University of Utah. Really cool area, great new apartment, all refurbished uh, apartments. Been there for a while, but they're all like new and updated, at least most of them in this building. And she's really excited about it. And for the longest time, she's had uh, her and two other roommates all signed up, ready to go. She's been planning this ahead, getting it all working, it worked out. She's got this awesome new job up at the U. And, um, you know, just it's all going really well for her. It's going great. Dating a bunch of guys, hanging out, having fun, doing great. 
and I'm proud of her and I'm excited for her and all that stuff. And, uh, you know, part of me is this, I'm feeling this sort of, uh, bird leaving the nest kind of thing where I just, I don't know. I feel like it's going to be weird not seeing her as much and stuff like that. But, you know, these are, these are stages in life we expect and we know they're coming and we may as well embrace them for what they are and the good that they are. Cause they are good. This is all good stuff. So none of this stuff's bad. Here's where, where it gets a little bit weird for me. So she's had this apartment all set to go. It's her, her friend, Eileen. And then the third roommate was going to be this gay friend of hers named Caden, who uh, was all set, was ready to be there. So she's going to live like this Hollywood style dream of her, Eileen and a gay roommate. <laughs> I don't know why, but that feels like a sitcom just waiting to happen or whatever. Um, and that was all good until he pulls out at the last second and changes his mind. And cancels his end of it because he doesn't. Uh, it was something with a twelve month for a six month lease, and he didn't want to do it. Um, so they tried to help him out by paying a little extra each of them, so that he could still be there and he would pay less, but yet he'd still get his own room and you know all these kind of concessions for this kid. And eventually, he totally jacked him up. Like they they could have canceled his part of the contract and gotten somebody else to fill it. You know, weeks ago, if he would have told them, but he told them literally two weeks before they're moving that he's not doing it now. And now they have to rush to find another roommate or else each of them are going to be paying, you know, an extra couple hundred dollars a month in rent, which they can't afford. And, uh, so part of me goes, Oh, just help her out, help pay it. Give her, give her a little extra money so she can cover it. But I know that's not a good thing to do. That's not the right thing to do. So I'm not going to do that, but that's, there's a part of me that says that the other part you know, wants to help find a good third roommate because I want somebody we can all trust, not some hastily found person through a newspaper ad or something that we don't know or like or don't trust or whatever. I'm not going to do that because that's not cool either. Like there's just these, this isn't even her making mistakes. This is just her finding out that life has hard crap to just to deal with, even just small, silly stuff like, you know, dealing with leases and stuff. Oh, add insult to injury. I forgot about this. Then she gets, again, two weeks to move. She gets an email from the, or a letter, I guess, from the apartment complex or from the the building owner or whatever saying, because it's not really a complex, more like a, it's like old school apartments, like in a city kind of setup. And gets this letter saying, oh, sorry, but we're, we, you no longer get that first floor room in the refurbished, uh, you know, which is essentially new apartment. You're not getting that now. We're, this has nothing to do with the other guy backing out either, by the way. This is just happening. They say, uh, we're putting you on the third floor now in a non-refurbished room, and then eight months later, we'll move you out into one that's refurbished. In other words, somebody somewhere there decided to bump them out and give somebody else one of these refurb first floor rooms without telling them and just saying, hey, sorry, too too bad, so sad, see you in a couple of weeks. So just stuff out of her control, right? These are things she can't control. But my tendency is to want to jump in and save her, right? And I never do that because I know that's bad. I know that is a bad thing to do. It teaches your kids the wrong things about, you know, just about life. They have to be able to face some of the stuff on their own. And you don't want to always take that away from them so that they never learn how to do it on their own. Because they're going to need to learn how to do it at some point. So, you know, she's legal. To, she's old enough to vote. She's old enough to deal with weird apartment problems and I'm going to let her deal with them. But I was less prepared than I thought perhaps I was 
for dealing with it with it from the father perspective of oh man let me just let me just fix all this right like i just want to fix it you know because i really care about her and i want her to do well and i want this to be a good experience for her i don't want her to move in and go oh man this independence sure is for the birds you know i i want her to this all needs to be i mean I, well again i don't want to try to control something i can't control but i want her to have a good experience and when things are going wrong I get antsy and I want to help more. More than just, you know, we're going to give her all the support she needs and wants and, you know, we're going to show her that we care and everything and we'll exude influence where it matters and, you know, we'll do what we can, but I want her to like take charge of it and say, all right, well, I need help. So I need help on this. I need help on that. And can you guys help me do this so I can get a better roommate or, you know, whatever we'll, we'll do those things. And she's doing those things. It's not, she's very independent. She's doing fine. This is not about her so much as it is about me and my, inability to kind of get past the fact that I can't just fix it because the right thing to do is not just to fix it. So here's what I want everyone to do. All right. She doesn't know I'm doing this. She'll, I'm sure she'll figure it out eventually because she'll wonder what's happening. But on Twitter, uh, let's see flies I'm trying to find her. Uh, oh, darn it. Flies with feathers. I'm trying to find my daughter's Twitter account, and I can't remember the name of the account. Dang it. Hold on a sec. I'm going to find this real quick. Don't go anywhere. Okay, I found it. It's, uh, sorry, it's Miss Taylor Johnson. M-S-T-A-Y-L-O-R Johnson. And uh, what I want everyone to do is send her a tweet reply just telling her that uh, she's awesome in whatever way you want. All right? You don't have to do this, but I think it'd be fun, and I'm just trying to throw some some collective love her way. So uh, you want to do that? It'd be fun. Do that. Let's have a little fun with this together, okay? All right. She'll probably get annoyed with me at first, but I think in the long run she'll appreciate it. It's going to do it for the diary. There's stuff going on. There's other things I want to tell you about, but some of it I can't yet, so I'm going to wait. I'll give you a new episode soon. Stay out of trouble. Email me at uh, scott at frogpants.com or myextralife at gmail.com. Either one works. Love your feedback. See you guys next time.